What's up, guys? How we doing? Preseason, baby. Um, yeah, how we feeling? We got two preseason games down. We've got training camp down. And I wanted to come in here, give some stock up, some stock down. Because at this point, we're starting to kind of get an idea about who... I guess the nicest way to put it, the haves and the have-nots, uh, as far as the team goes. Because, you know, you start out, you got 90 guys that enter training camp. You're going to shuffle a few guys on the back end. But ultimately, we got to get down to 53. So, we had, you know, you get a few weeks of training camp. You get installs, you get practice reports, you get your game reps in, you learn what the team wants, how everything goes what the coaches want, work on your skills, get your reps in. You get to practice against the other team, the Raiders. Then you get a preseason game where you get a chance to put game film out, show what you can do in the game. Then you get a couple more practices in, get to hone a few things, hopefully make some adjustments, hopefully make some improvements. And then you get a second preseason game in. So with that being said, where are we at so far? Where are we at? Um, I figured I would kind of come in here and try and just summarize what we've seen so far from two preseason games. And I will say, of the first two preseason games, second one, much more enjoyable. <laughs> Obviously, it's always good to win. Um, but the, it, it seemed like there was a lot better play from a lot of players that I was excited about. And week one was, uh, the first preseason game, it was just ugly. Uh, just really didn't get much of anything, you know, didn't score many points, gave up a whole lot on defense, just miscommunications, bad play. There was definitely some bright spots, but overall, the first preseason game just felt, you know, you're, you're trying to evaluate realistically about 40, 50 players in these preseason games, um, give or take, you know, because you know who's making the team off the start. You know, you know who your starters are on offense and defense. You've got pretty much your, you've got, you know, 20, 25, 30 guys or so that it's like hey they're locks they're first team they're key contributors key contributors these are like the 25 to 30 guys and it's like nailed down we know what we've got and then you know you're you're very back end guys it's like hey we love you we appreciate you but you're probably not going to be making the team and in the nicest way possible, you're probably just here at camp to make sure that we got bodies for reps, right? Um, and with the Niners, we're a really good, very deep team, so it's not like there's 20 or 30 available roster spots. It's probably more like about a half dozen. There's probably four, five, six spots on the team that are really legitimate battles. Um, you know, and we're talking like, third defensive end, fourth defensive tackle. Uh, you know, maybe we're talking like nickel, uh, you know, linebacker, linebacker three, linebacker four, 
backup offensive lineman, wide receiver five. There's there's not a tight end three. There's not a whole lot of quarterback two, quarterback three, if you want to talk that. There's, there's not a whole lot of positions that are really up for battle. Because um, this is a really good team. So we don't need to be like, hey... We have no idea who half of our starting guys are. No, we know who our starters are. We're just trying to figure out those those other, you know, five, six, seven, eight spots on the back end that when called up, we need them to perform. Although they're not going to be the starting key contributors. So that being said, let's get into it. Um, I think we'll just first start off with the most recent games, and uh, I don't know how I'm going to break this down, but I think first thing we should just address off the start is first-team offense and first-team defense. First-team offense looked great. Uh, Brock went out there preseason week two, the game we had yesterday, and the offense just moved well. Debo looked really good. He looked Fast, explosive, breaking tackles. Um, Brock Purdy looked comfortable. He he makes the offense look easy. Uh, Ayuk looked good. Jennings looked good. Uh, the offensive line looked pretty solid. We didn't see Trent Williams out there. There was Jalen Moore out there instead. But the offensive line looked solid. Um yeah, just overall starting offense, it looked great. It was a it was a great drive. They drove all the way down to like the two yard line, and then I don't know who it was exactly, but it looked like on the on the rollout there when they were at like the two or the three, uh, our tight end was wide open there, like in the corner of the end zone. Unfortunately, somebody missed. Uh, there was either a miscommunication or a missed block, but Brock took a sack, so he wasn't able to hit the open tight end. Um, I'm guessing that's something with the communication. Either way, Brock takes a sack, and the next one he runs down, and ultimately they end up having to uh, kick a field goal. But the offense, it just, it looked so smooth. Brock looked comfortable. He was rolling out. He was getting it out on time and rhythm. The playmakers were making plays. The offense just looked really good, and it was the Broncos' starting defense as well, more or less. You know, again, they probably had about eight or ten of their starting 11, just like we had about eight or ten of our starting 11. You know, we didn't have Kittle out there. We didn't have Trent Williams. Um, other than that, that was more or less the starting offense. CMC wasn't out there, so take away our three guys. They probably had two or three guys out on defense. Other than that, starters versus starters. Drove all the way down. Should have been a touchdown, but, you know, nitpicking here. Great first drive by Purdy. Um, so I think just in general, if we're talking stock up, stock down, uh, stock up Brock Purdy, stock up starting offense, it's what you love to see. Let's get into just quarterbacks in general. Uh, stock up, stock down on Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. I don't know if I would say that either of them are necessarily a stock up or a stock down. It's kind of a stock neutral. And the reason why I say that is because I guess you could say stock up for Trey Lance. In my opinion, what I've seen is that Trey Lance looks much, much improved 
uh, from what we've seen in the preseason. That doesn't mean that he's finished. That doesn't mean that he's as good as Brock. That doesn't mean he can off operate the offense as efficiently. What it does mean is that Trey looks like he has improved a lot over the last season. Um, I think in general, his processing is his processing is quick, but he hesitates. So he's quick getting from read to read to read. He's, and he doesn't have a problem getting through his reads. He hesitates, though, and he double clutches too much. That's the most frustrating thing. But in terms of, like, accuracy, uh, having a tight spiral, uh, his throw motion looks quicker. Uh, he looks good on the move. Uh, I've seen We've seen him evading sacks, running for extra yards after evading a sack, throwing on the run with some nice throws. Um, but it's, it's very inconsistent with Trey. He's also, on the bad side, um, had some really dangerous bad throws. And the Sam Darnold and Trey Lance are like polar opposites in the sense of Trey Lance is like pure variables. <laughs> Where it's like it takes him a drive or two to settle in. And then he may throw, uh, I like, I like PFF's TWP turnover worthy play turnover worthy throw. He'll have a couple of those are just like, oh my gosh, you're lucky you didn't get picked off or, oh my gosh, he got picked off there. Or, oh my gosh, that was a dumb throw. He'll have, he's had two or three of those per game, which is frustrating. He's hesitant. In his throws, which is frustrating. He's not on time getting the ball out, which is frustrating. But on the positive, he makes up for it with plays. And because he's not afraid to throw it, he trusts his arm. He doesn't trust his eyes, but he trusts his arm, if that makes sense. So, like, he'll have his drop back, and he won't hit his drop, throw in time, in rhythm, to hit his guy on the break. He has to see the guy open, but if he sees the guy open, he has confidence, I can get the ball there. And he's mobile, so, you know, whether he's under pressure right away, whether it's his fault because he's holding the ball too long, which he has done, or just the O-line gets beat, which has also happened. He can evade a sack. He can break a tackle. He can run for yards. He can throw on the run. There was one play. Uh, just I was just re-watching the game on uh, the condensed like 45-minute game on NFL Plus or whatever. And it was in the fourth quarter. And it didn't count because the receiver dropped the ball. But it, and, it, and there was a flag. But he got under pressure. He got flushed out to the left. And then he threw a, threw a bullet mid-jump in the air. Like he's in the air running to his left and sh throws the ball just like on a line 25 yards. Hits the receiver in the chest. Receiver drops it. Like it's impressive some of the things that he can do. Just, you know, again, like getting flushed out of the pocket, evade a tackle, run to your left, and then be running midair and 
chuck it 25 yards, like on a line, hit your guy. Again, the play didn't count, but a wow throw. Um, Trey Lance, he just he's extending plays. He trusts his arm. He doesn't quite trust. He doesn't trust his eyes, and he's not in rhythm. But he trusts his arm. He's got a great arm. And it seems like the more he plays, the more he settles in. It is a little frustrating that he can't just get out there and be settled in. It takes him a drive or two or three, but he gets better throughout the game. He has those turnover-worthy, frustrating throws. He double clutches too much. But he makes up for it with his playmaking ability. And that's the big difference between him and Sam Darnold. Trey Lance is frustrating to watch because it's not in rhythm. Like, Brock Purdy, I think I tweeted this out and just trying to summarize it. Basically, Purdy makes the offense look easy. He scores a lot of points, and it makes the offense look easy because it's on time, it's in rhythm, he hits guys in stride, they get yards after catch, he gets the ball where it needs to be each time. Sam Darnold looks comfortable, and he looks like an NFL quarterback, but he always only hits his first read. If, and if he doesn't get it out quick to his first read, he's not getting consistent drives. I, Sam Darnold has had one scoring drive this whole preseason. One. He's had one scoring drive. That is unacceptable. I realize we've had missed kicks, but one scoring drive in essentially three to four quarters worth of play. He's had like eight, eight or ten drives. In eight or ten drives, you cannot come up with one scoring drive. That's just not acceptable. Trey Lance has had about the same, because they've tried to even out the reps between the two. Trey Lance had three scoring drives this game, a scoring drive last game, plus two that would have been scoring drives, if I remember correctly, last game, that were missed kicks, at least one. So Trey Lance has had four scoring drives, which should have been five or six with a good kicker out of like eight or 10. So you figure even as, let's just call it five out of eight, Sam Darnold has had one out of eight. Sam Darnold, sure, he looks comfortable. He gets the ball out quick. He hits his first read. He hasn't had those oh my gosh, what was that, like, turnover-worthy throws, which is kind of surprising because, you know, it's Sam Darnold. Um, but it's like the ball is not moving down the field. And I would much rather personally have someone who is making plays, getting the ball, moving down the field, and making plays. If someone needs to get into the offense, I understand that we have, you know, CMC, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. Like, I get it. But if Sam Darnold cannot beat backups, like number twos and number threes, to get drives down the field, to get points on the board, like, is Sam Darnold going to be able to score 10 points against a first-team defense? Because from what I've seen so far, I don't know. Legitimately. Is Trey Lance... I don't know either, and he might throw one or two interceptions a game. 
he also makes plays and is scoring on about half of his drives. So if in a full football game, Trey Lance gets 12 drives, if we get six scoring drives, that's, you know, 18 to 30 points. I would much rather have Trey Lance. And again, like, I'm not saying either one of them is perfect. I, I'm just saying, personally, I would much rather have the upside of someone who's willing to make plays versus someone who just checks it down to his first read every time and can't move the ball down the field. And again, like I realize it's a bit of the backup offensive line and I realize that you know, like the penalties weren't doing either of them any favors. But Sam Donald's not moving the ball. Trey Lance is even though Trey Lance has frustrating turnover-worthy plays, he's not in rhythm, the fact that he's making plays outside of structure regardless and getting points on the board regardless of all that puts him above Sam Darnold, in my opinion. And we've had essentially a full game's worth of tape for each of them at this point. At the very least, you can call it three-quarters of game film uh, for both of them. So yeah, again, like... Kind of a mixed bag for both of them. Um, but yeah, that's that's just kind of my thought on Lance and Darnold. As far as the rest of the team, um, I'm just going to go through my like stock up, stock down. So stock up. Ronnie Bell. Wide receiver rookie Ronnie Bell. Seventh round pick has been crushing it. He's had a couple mistakes. Um, he had two drops that led to interceptions. He also had a fumble. And that is really concerning. That being said, he's probably been the best receiver we've had all preseason. He looks legit. And he's going to need to make some improvements in some things. But I legitimately think that Ronnie Bell has earned a spot on the 53-man roster. And I didn't think he would. I think that he has played well enough to earn himself a spot on the final 53 uh, between just like how he looks as a receiver as well as his uh, returning game. I don't think he's a super explosive returner, but he's he's a yards after catch guy. He breaks tackles. He's disciplined. And as long as he can get better at those contested catches, so that way he's not, you know, dropping balls that are hitting him and they're leading to interceptions or having the fumble... I think those are things that he can correct and you can use him. Here's the thing is you can use him on special teams and you can use him as a reserve. So you can use him as a reserve returner and a reserve wide receiver. And if you're going to work your way onto this wide receiving group, I think he's earned it. Another wide receiver that's stock up is uh, Chris Conley. I think he's played really well. I don't know if he makes the final 53. Um, some stock down is Ray Ray McLeod and Danny Gray. Both of them have had injuries. Now, Ray Ray had the broken wrist, so he was expected to be out about eight weeks. That came out maybe a week ago. So that would mean he would be expected to miss probably the first like two to four games, if we were to guess. 
Uh, Danny Gray has some type of shoulder or collarbone injury that came out today. Not sure how bad it is, but a fairly similar timeline in the sense of they're expecting somewhere in the neighborhood of him being out between four and eight weeks. It would not surprise me if what they did was Danny Gray, Ray Ray McLeod make the final 53 and they put them on IR, one of them or both of them, and they have Ronnie Belcom on. They say, hey, Chris Conley, um, we're going to bring you back, so please don't sign anywhere if nobody claims you. We're going to bring you back once we get our receivers on the injured reserve because we want you for that first month of football. Chris Conley looks good. He's been a He's been a good blocker. And he is big, he's tall, he's fast, he's a good blocker, and he's been a good receiver. Uh, him and Ronnie Bell have been the two best receivers uh, this preseason. I also think Tay Martin has been pretty solid. Uh, he looks much improved from last year. So I would say Ronnie Bell, so for preseason, Ronnie Bell, definitely wide receiver one for the preseason. After that, Chris Conley, wide receiver two. And then I'd probably say... Uh, Tay Martin would be wide receiver three as far as like who's played the best during the preseason. I don't think Tay Martin makes the 53. I think he's uh, destined to be a back on the practice squad, but he's, he's definitely looked pretty solid. He's had a few good plays. Another stock up is tight end Troy Fumagalli. Troy Fumagalli was with us last year. Uh, he ended up not making the final 53. I think he ended up going to, I want to say the Broncos or somewhere else last season. Uh, but he's back with us. He looks really good. And it's tricky because who's our tight end two, tight end three, tight end four? Don't know. We have George Kittle. Uh, but it's, after that, it's Charlie Warner, who's on the last year of his rookie contract. It's Ross Dwelly, who's back again on another kind of vet minimum contract. It's Trofu Magali, who's here on kind of a similar vet minimum kind of contract. And uh, then you got the other two rookies, Cam Latu and Braden Willis. So Trofu Magali, though, he's probably been the best tight end that we've seen this preseason. Uh, we didn't see Dwelly or... Um, we didn't see Dwelly or Warner very much in week two, so the second preseason game. So it seems like they are fairly settled in terms of what they have there. But Troy Fumagalli's looked really good. So Troy Fumagalli, stock up. Um, if it was up to me, I would probably, I, I might put him on the team over, uh, over Dwelly or Warner. Uh, Warner's a good blocker. He's not a very good receiver. Dwelly is a solid tight end, uh, just in terms of like knowing his assignment and being consistent, but he doesn't offer much upside. Uh, he's kind of like that. He's like the, uh, on the 53-man roster, like Ross Dwelly has just been a bubble guy on our team for like four years. And I think that's what he is, and I think Fumagalli offers a little bit more than that. Does he make the final 53? Don't know, but he might have earned it. 
All right, also stock up. TDP, Ty Davis Price. Um, so it's been a little bit of a mixed bag, but I would say in general, Ty Davis Price looks like a better running back than last year. I don't know if he, I don't think that he's beat out Jordan Mason in terms of getting that running back three spot. I think that we're still at, in terms of running back rankings, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, running back one. Elijah Mitchell, cross our fingers, he stays healthy because he's really good when he's healthy. Jordan Mason is your number three. And then TDP, I think at the very least, he's solidified himself as RB4. And uh, I'd like him to be better, but overall, he, he looks much improved, and I think he's solidified himself on the team. Another stock up is uh, linebacker Jalen Graham. So rookie linebacker, seventh-round pick Jalen Graham has looked great. Um, he's been a good tackler. He looks powerful. He forced a fumble. They've had him at Mike. Uh, just overall, he, he looks like an NFL linebacker. He's been getting a lot of a lot of snaps out there, number 50, and huge stock up. Um, I think he's probably making the team. I think that he has played well enough and put on enough quality tape, uh, and just in terms of like the run game, uh, the pass game, being the mic backer with the green dot, communicating the plays and everything, I think that he's performed at a high enough level that he's probably gonna make the team. Uh, he's probably gonna back up, he's probably gonna be linebacker four or linebacker five, because we've got Fred Warner, we've got Gary Greenlaw. After that, we've got Warren Burks, who's Really good special teamer. He'll be probably the starting Sam. We've also got Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, who is a really good special teamer. Not really the best linebacker. So that's four. We're probably going to keep five linebackers, and I think it's going to be Jalen Graham. I think that he's inched out Curtis Robinson and uh, Marcelino McCurry Ball, in my opinion. Now, also in my opinion, I wouldn't keep DFF because I think that... Uh, you need linebackers who can play linebackers, not just linebackers who play special teams. Um, another stock up is kick returner and punt returner Deshaun Jamison. Deshaun Jamison, the rookie undrafted corner out of Texas, explosive returner. He had the one muffed uh, kick, which was really bad. But outside of that, he has been just explosive and electric as a returner. Uh, it's been, I haven't had a chance to watch very much of him at corner just because it's, you know, second half, all 22 of preseason. So I haven't had a chance to really watch that. Um, but as far as a kick returner, stud. Um, I don't know if that is good enough to make the team just as a kick returner, but he's been a really good kick returner. Also big stock up, Ambry Thomas. Remember Ambry Thomas? Ambry Thomas, I wasn't sure if he was going to make the make the squad, but apparently he just put in work this offseason, and they've essentially had him starting at outside corner for the first two preseason games. And that's even when we had De that's when we had Diamador and um Charvarius Ward out there. So Ambry Thomas, much improved, took last season to heart, basically like getting benched, losing his job, 
last season. Diamador took over, played great, and he's looked really good. He's looked really good in coverage, much improved. Um, it does throw a little bit of a wrench into our cornerback positioning just because we haven't solidified our nickel spot, so that's a problem. But the fact that the fact that he looks good again at outside corner is great news because Charvarius Ward's are stud on one side, and if Diamador and Ambry are both good outside corners, now you got three good outside corners. Big question is at nickel because well we'll get to that when we get to stock down. Um, but stock up, Ambry Thomas, he's looked really good. And uh, I'm excited because I liked, I I didn't really watch a whole lot of Ambry coming out but uh, before the draft, but I remember liking what little I saw. I could understand the development draft pick, what they saw in him. And he had that as, as a rookie. He had that good second half of the season. He had the game, uh, the playoff game clinching interception in the playoffs two years ago. Then he struggled in year two, came in out of shape, lost his job. It's nice to see him bounce back and really fight his way on. And I feel pretty confident that he's going to make the team. Another stock up on defense is uh, Cleland Farrell. So Cleland Farrell, just overall, he's looked really solid. He's looked like a solid defensive end. I realize that he's playing uh, against some backup offensive tackles, but Throughout the preseason so far, he has been by far our best defensive end. And uh, I think that that is a very good thing that we have, at the very least, a solid uh, number two defensive end behind Bosa. So he had a sack. And just overall, he's been he's been wreaking havoc on left tackles uh, from what I've seen so far in the uh, in these snaps that he's played. I think he's probably earned the job opposite of Bosa, uh, starting opposite of Bosa. A couple other defensive guys on their way up. We'll stick with the defensive line. Uh, Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw, I don't remember seeing him in the second preseason game. I'm going to have to double check on that, but preseason game one against the Raiders, the, the big thing with Kinlaw is that he's been healthy. So... He went through all training camp, no issues with the knee, no injury problems. Then we had the preseason game against the Raiders. He played a good amount of snaps. I don't remember exactly, probably like 20 or 30 snaps, which is about what we can expect. And from what I've heard, no injuries. Um, I don't know why or why not he didn't play very much on Sunday uh, because I don't remember seeing him out there, or I guess Saturday. I don't remember seeing him out there, but stock up for Javon Kinlaw. He looks solid. He's healthy. And if Javon Kinlaw is solid and healthy, it's good to have a solid backup or rotational defensive tackle. So stock up Javon Kinlaw, just the fact that his health remains good. Although, now that I think about it, I'm curious about this last preseason game, why he wasn't out there. So to be determined. <laughs> I really hope he didn't play one preseason game and uh, I say all this and then it comes out that he actually has a nagging injury again with his knee. So cross our fingers, his knee's still good. If it is, big stock up on Kinlaw. Another defensive tackle stock up, 
Marlon Davidson. Do you remember Marlon Davidson? I barely do. Um, I think he came into the league with, I wanted to say, like the Falcons in 2018 or something like that. Um, But in terms of like the backup defensive lineman that we've been seeing a good amount of, he's been making some plays and he's been flashing. And I think he has probably been one of the better uh, like third string defensive tackles that we've had out there. Just in terms of like, you know, obviously there's Hargrave, Armstead, those are your starters. Uh, Then it's Kinlaw. After that, like, Givens has not looked great. Uh, T.Y. McGill has been up and down. Um, But Marlon Davidson may earn himself a spot as the fourth or fifth defensive tackle. I think he's been playing pretty well. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, Additional stock up is the backup safeties. So Jair Brown, the rookie, he's looked pretty good. He's had uh, the first preseason game. He had some really good just touchdown saving plays. The dude just saves points. He had one play where he stopped a touchdown last week, and then yesterday he had another one where he tackled the guy. Uh, It was right before the end of the first half. He tackles the guy at, like, the one-yard line, like literally a foot away saving it, saving a touchdown to, and then the clock runs out before they can get up and set the ball and spike it. So Jair Brown is just out here making plays. Uh, He can speed up his processing just a little bit, but you like to see that your third round rookie is making plays on defense. So stock up Jair Brown. I'm excited to see uh, how this season goes for him. You know, we have Hafunga, we have Gibson, so he's not going to be starting. We have George Odom as a uh, backup safety and special teamer. But Jair Brown, I would not be surprised if we started seeing some Jair Brown a little more and more as we get into this season. uh, Because the dude makes plays, and uh, it's been fun to see. Also, another safety stock up, Tyler Hawkins. Tyler Hawkins last year, he was a... Undrafted rookie last year out of San Diego State. He's been wearing number 41. And he just, I just love the way he plays. I think he's a converted corner, but he just throws himself around. If he was like 10 pounds heavier, 10 or 15 pounds heavier, he would be a legit like thumping safety. Um, but right now, like I just, I've been loving watching Taylor Hawkins. I think he's been playing so well. I don't think he's going to be making the team just because we already have, you know, four or so safeties kind of locked up between the starters, Odom and Jair Brown. But Tyler Hawkins, I really hope they're able to keep him on on the practice squad. Um, He's somebody where I could definitely see him making the team in another year. Keep working on your body, maybe add five or ten pounds of muscle, another year on the practice squad, and... The next year, if we don't bring back George Oda, maybe he's that safety four because he's been looking really good and he's been fun to watch. He's he's another playmaker. Um, in terms, I'm trying to think of like any other guys who've had significant stock up. Not really. Um, I did have on here uh, Leroy Watson, right tackle. He had a really good first preseason game and then a bad second preseason game. Um, 
I will say I think he's been better than Matt Pryor at right tackle. Left tackle, Ilm Manning. So rookie undrafted left tackle, Ilm Manning. He looks so tiny. He's like the tiniest left tackle that I feel like I've ever seen. But he's been playing really well as a third string left tackle. So keep an eye out for him to hopefully make the practice squad and keep developing. Same thing with Leroy Watson development practice squad kind of guys that are, are might be worth sticking around and i will also say the defensive end austin bryant uh has been playing pretty solid um good motor he's got some speed um he's you know at best he's probably going to be your i'd say probably like fifth defensive end fourth or fifth defensive end um, but he's looked he look, he's looked solid, and if if you're asking Austin Bryant to be your fourth or fifth defensive end, I think that there's there's worse things that could happen. And uh, finally, uh, Q Knight. So Quantrez Knight looked uh, had some good plays last game as well. So shout out to him. All right, stock down. So those are the positives. Now let's get into the negatives. Actually, before I get into the negatives, let me give you the neutrals. Uh, so neutral would be Sam Darnold. Why? Eh, it's, it's Sam Darnold. Uh, he hasn't been throwing touchdowns, but we haven't been moving the ball. Or hasn't been throwing interceptions, but he hasn't been moving the ball either. He's just kind of, he's Sam Darnold. I don't think, like I said before, I don't think Sam Darnold is going to come over here and all of a sudden be a different player. I think he's the same guy that we've seen for five, six years, only now he's playing it super safe and nothing is happening. So Sam Darnold is just kind of meh. Uh, to me, he's a backup quarterback in this league. Uh, also neutral is Jordan Mason. And I don't mean that as a negative. He has looked really good. I just mean that in the sense of last year he played so well that it would be really hard for him to look better. So you could say it's a stock up for Jordan Mason. Uh, I just think he looks like the same guy. And take that as you will. He still runs hard. He's still really fun to watch. He's still probably going to be our running back three. And I think that's a good thing. So whether you want to call it neutral or stock up, I haven't seen anything different from him. Uh, so he's a neutral, but I still like him. Uh, also neutral, Dwelly and Warner, uh, they look exactly the same as before. So they can't necessarily be stock up or stock down. Warner is probably going to make the team just because he's still on that fourth year. He's going into that fourth year of the rookie contract. He's a good blocker, but he's not much of a receiver. He still doesn't look like he's much of a receiver. It is what it is. And then Dwelly, same kind of thing. You know, Dwelly, he, uh, he's Dwelly, you know. he He's really good if you need three or four yards. Uh, you know, you can you can definitely throw it to him and he'll get three or four yards on, on a little short route. But other than that, he's just kind of, he's there, he's dwelly, he's duct tape. Duct tape dwelly, it'll probably get the job done, but it is duct tape. <laughs> so neutral on them just because I haven't seen anything different. So therefore, they're both kind of like bubble replaceable guys. And the last one is neutral is T.Y. McGill. 
I think he's had some good plays. Uh, he's had some bad plays. Um, again, you know, same thing. It kind of just is what it is. And uh, that's where we are with T.Y. McGill. Um, he's probably, again, like a roster bubble guy. You're likely looking at him being defensive tackle number four, defensive tackle number five uh, kind of positioning. All right, stock down. So first off, I think we'll just start off with the injury stock downs, uh, which just kind of sucks. So I mentioned Riri McLeod. I mentioned Danny Gray. Uh, they're both out for some amount of time, probably more than three weeks, probably less than eight. Um, I'm assuming they both make the team. They may or may not go on the IR or something similar like that uh, for short term. Danny Gray reportedly had a really good camp. He had a nice uh, kick return in the game. Uh, but he is also kind of on that. Here's kind of the way I see this. Danny Gray has last year showed, hey, I'm a really, I can be a good special teamer, and he's got the speed. What I haven't seen is, can you use your speed to set up short and intermediate routes that complement Brock Purdy's game? Like we know, Danny Gray can provide a speed element and be a deep threat but that's that's paired better with that pair is better with lance than with purdy whereas somebody like ronnie bell he's someone where he can get open short intermediate and he can break tackles and get yards after catch and he's tough that's going to be more of a purdy fit so danny gray stock down just because we didn't get a chance to see uh, in-game, what he reportedly had in camp, and then the injury. Also another stock down, Taco Charlton. I was excited to see what happened with Taco Charlton, but unfortunately he went on IR. I'm assuming that they're going to have some type of injury settlement release here uh, in the coming days. All right. Uh, so those are the injury ones that I'm aware of. Uh, also stock down. What I'm going to say here is backup offensive line in general, protections and communication. It was definitely better the second preseason game, but overall the backup offensive line is not holding up and they're either miscommunicating with their protections or they're just like missing and making bad plays. Um, just... The, the backup offensive line is giving up pressure, pressure, pressure. I think the first preseason game, Trey Lance was pressured on like 48 or 47, like almost 50% of your dropbacks, which is ridiculous. Um, Nick Zakel, in my opinion, has been the worst out of all of them. He's been absolutely atrocious at guard. Uh, he can't anchor and... I just, I just don't think he's built for it. I think that it's really hard to play guard at 6'6", 305 or so pounds. It's, you're just, you're too, you don't have the leverage to play well on the inside. Because you need to anchor on the inside because you're dealing with powerful guys. He also apparently doesn't seem to have the length to play on the outside. So he's just kind of... If if he doesn't have the leverage to anchor on the interior and he doesn't have the length to play on the 
on the tackle then and he's just looked bad overall he's had a couple of good reps there and they're like like every player has had a couple of good reps but if you're looking at positives versus negatives it has been way more negatives than positives and uh, it's unfortunate because he seems like a good guy he's really smart he seems tough and everything but he just He's been the biggest liability at offensive line, and he's just been absolutely terrible at either guard position. Uh, so Nick Zakel, massive stock down. Uh, Matt Pryor, the right tackle backup uh, that we signed, stock down. He was terrible uh, the first preseason game. Um, he looked not as bad, but still bad the second preseason game. I haven't had a chance to watch the All-22. It was just the game and then the condensed version, but prior wasn't good. Um, Jason Poe also didn't look good. He looks tiny. Nick Sakel is like too tall and can't anchor. Jason Poe is just too small, I think, to play guard. He's like six foot, 300 pounds. Uh, he's really athletic, but he was also missing assignments, not communicating, not knowing the protections, um, just not good. And uh, also offensive tackle Jalen Moore, uh, backup left tackle, not great. I've never been a, a big Jason uh, or Jalen Moore fan. It is what it is. I just, I just don't think he's good. Uh, last week was again week one was absolutely atrocious. His second preseason game a little bit better, but I still don't think he's good, and it doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in me that he's the backup left tackle. Um, just really not not super excited about that. Um, as far as uh, John Feliciano, the backup center slash backup guard, he's looked solid. Um, he hasn't looked great. He had a penalty. But overall, he's looked okay. Um, and I, I feel, I don't feel like he's a stock up or a stock down. I just feel like he's looked solid in the sense that he looks like a replacement level interior offensive lineman. And by that, I mean he's not a huge liability, but he's not an asset. The fact that he can play three interior offensive line positions and he's an NFL veteran means that he will more often than not get his blocking assignment done and be solid with it. And in my opinion, that's that's good enough. Whereas like Zakel, Poe, Pryor, just massive liabilities. I don't trust them to play more than, you know, three or four snaps before something bad happens. Uh, also stock down is uh, kicking. Just Moody, Mitch, just it's bad. Jake Moody is, uh, gosh, the first game he was 0 for 2 on field goals. Uh, just terrible, just way you know pulled it right too far on a 40 and then way too far the other way on a 58 and then he made the extra point in the first game and then this game he made all three of his field goals but he missed an extra point and it was like they weren't necessarily like clean down the middle all the time and we spent a third like a top 100 pick on a kicker i would like more than 50 percent completion <laughs> You know, like, I really hope that Jake Moody can get whatever jitters he has out of his system uh, and he can, you know, be the stud that he was at Michigan because right now he doesn't look like it. 
and he's got to be kicking 80, 85, preferably 90% uh, this season if he's going to stick around. Uh, if he keeps like hooking them and shanking them and missing them and he's completing only 50% of his attempts, whether it be extra points or field goals, he's just going to get like straight up cut uh, like a month in. So I get that it's preseason, but with kicking, like you got to get your shit together. I don't know what he's going through, what he's dealing with, but we can't have a kicker that's only completing, you know, 50% of kicks. And I know everyone's like, oh, Justin Tucker made 50% of his kicks in his rookie first preseason. That's cool. I don't care. Justin Tucker is a Hall of Fame kicker. Jake Moody is a rookie. He needs to get it together. And it's it's to the point now where it's like I'm now nervous every time we have to kick because it's like, at least with Robbie Gold, we knew it was going to be good if it was like 45 yards or less. I have no idea what we're going to get from Moody. He might make it from 60 or he might hook it hard, hard to the right or hard to the left on like a 30 yarder. And that's not confidence inspiring. Also, Mitch Wisnowski, uh, just some terrible punts yesterday. He had a couple that were just like, like 30, 35 yarders. Don't know what's up with him, but uh, Bitchin' Mitch is now Mitch the Bitch. So he's going to have to take things up a bit. Uh, stock down on a couple defensive guys. Uh, DFF and Curtis Robinson. Demetrius Flanagan fouls. I don't know why they're having him play linebacker so much. Because uh, he's, he's not that good at it. And it's nothing against him. It's just he's a good st- special teamer. But he's not a good linebacker. And he's probably going to make this team because of special teams, not because he's a good linebacker. And I personally would rather keep someone like a McCreary Ball uh, or a D Winners around and hope that they develop and improve versus a guy who's been here for like four years and is still a bad linebacker um, who can't play the run and isn't that great in coverage just because he's good on special teams. Uh, Also, Curtis Robinson, he's been playing a lot, but I haven't seen him really doing a whole lot of good stuff out there. Like, I see his number being called, and he's the Sam backer because, you know, he's a big, strong guy. But just haven't really seen anything. Um, Also, stock down, Drake Jackson. I forgot to mention him, but injuries, Drake Jackson. Haven't seen any of him in the preseason, so that's a stock down. Also stocked down, Isaiah Oliver. He was supposed to be our stud nickel slot corner who would come in and lock up the starting job. He's been playing with like second, third team corners at slot, and he just, he got beat. He's been beat multiple times on different types of routes, and you just would kind of like hope to see something better from him. So not really sure what's going on with Isaiah Oliver, but... Yeah, also Miles Hartsfield. Uh, Miles Hartsfield, he was with uh, Steve Wilkes in Carolina last season. And same thing, just hasn't looked very good, whether that be at nickel or uh, safety. So overall, just stock down in the nickel position. We just don't seem to have the nickel position solidified. I will say, though, that if there's 
if there's any position that you want to be like a weak spot on your defense, it's probably best if your weak spot is your number three linebacker or your nickel. It's a lot better having that be a weak spot than say defensive line or outside corner. You know, give me a give me two good outside corners and I'll take a little bit of a liability at slot because at least I've got linebackers and safeties that can help clean things up and uh, you're not getting beat deep. But uh, definitely got to figure out the nickel position. Um, also, speaking of stock down, um, Cam Latu had terrible first game. He just fumble and whatnot. He was just really bad last game. He improved this game. He had a touchdown catch from Lance, um, had another catch or two. So Cam Latu was a big time stock down and then he rebounded a little bit. Curious to see how he looks the third preseason game. Uh, Cause we spent a third round pick on him. He has not looked like a third round tight end. Um, I'm really hoping that he uh, takes his game up another level and shows that he deserves to be on the team because right now if i'm just looking purely at who the best guys are i would take kittle dwelly warner and fumagalli as my four tight ends and the rookies would be on the practice squad they're just they're not there yet and they're they're not really they haven't done enough for me yet not to say that they can't, I'm just saying that what I've seen so far and the reports that I've heard out of training camp, not necessarily confidence inspiring from Cam Latu, but he did bounce back, so cross our fingers, he rebounds. And another kind of stock down is Sammy Womack. Um, he's looked really good in coverage, and they've been playing him primarily outside. The two biggest issues that I've seen with Sam Womack, and this is why I'm calling it a stock down, he got beat on a fade route. And if you're going to be on the outside corner, you can't get beat on the fade route. That's just, that's a big issue. The other thing is tackling. Sammy Womack is not very good in terms of tackling. I think I remember seeing three or four missed tackles from Sammy Womack. And you need to be able to tackle, whether you're nickel or outside corner, you need to be able to tackle. And it's been multiple missed tackles or tackles that have been broken that he's attempted. So he needs to improve that. As far as the coverage goes, the coverage overalls look pretty good. He's had a couple of pass breakups. Um, and aside from uh, beating, being beat on that one fade route, I think he's looked really, I think he's looked really good in coverage. Just you gotta be able to tackle. And I get that he's like a tiny guy, I think he's like 5'9", 180-ish, but you gotta be able to tackle. You know, if, if you're gonna be, he's got the size and the agility and the coverage skills to play the nickel. I don't know if he's quite as the size to play on the outside. I will say that if he can not get beat on the fade route and he can tackle, I think he could play on the outside because of his athleticism, his speed, and his length. Because remember, he has like 35, 34, 33, something like, like 33 or 34 inch long, like go-go gadget arms. So he's really good at reaching out, breaking up passes, even against bigger guys. But he's so small that he can't tackle and he needs to work on his tackling. 
if he's going to make a uh, if he's going to contribute. Uh, Diamandur Lenore is like you know is a much stronger tackler, and I think that's probably why uh, if they need to, they'll kick him in the nickel. So I uh, I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, Brayton Willis. Um, just real quick, Braden Willis, Marcelino McCreary Ball. I didn't really talk too much about them. Uh, Marcelino McCreary Ball, he looks good. Um, I think he looks better than DFF, in my opinion. And again, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but in my opinion, uh, Marcelino McCreary Ball should make this should make the final 53 as uh, like a linebacker four or linebacker five. If we're going to keep five linebackers, I think he is one of our five best. Um, for me, personally, it would be uh, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Warren Burks, and then I would have um, Jalen Graham and Marcelino Mercury Ball. Because um, he's looked solid out there. I like it. Uh, Braden Willis, I haven't really noticed him. Uh, granted, I haven't watched the all 22 of the second half of the games, um, but number nine, I've seen a catch or two, and that's primarily it. The big thing was just, it, Braden Willis is a seventh round uh, undersized tight end who is kind of like a halfback, fullback tight end in college. Seventh round pick, like, it's hard to say like stock up or stock down. Um, I don't think he's making the team. Uh, although I think the potential's there. I just haven't really noticed him all that much. Um, but it's also hard to keep track of like 90 guys. And I, I, I'm just busy. <laughs> I'm, I'm working full time plus overtime. Plus I do this. Plus I got, you know, hobbies and life and my girl and my dog and all that kind of stuff. So it's hard for me to, you know, spend uh, not just three or four hours a week watching a game, but another two or three hours like breaking down film and then doing a podcast. I have a hard time just getting out a podcast a week. Um, so I just haven't noticed him. So I don't know if he's been good, bad. I've heard, I've heard positive stuff about Braden Willis. Um, I just can't personally say anything. And uh, again, I think he's probably on the outside looking in um, just as far as like where we're at right now. So there we go. That's our stock up and our stock down. I think what we're going to do next is we have one more preseason game. The final preseason game, if I remember correctly, I'm just going to double check here. I believe that it's Friday against the Chargers, and it's also going to be in um, in Santa Clara, so a Niner home preseason game. So after that, let me double check here. All right, so preseason three. There we go. Yeah. Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, Niners, Chargers. And we will get to see a good bit more. That'll be the final preseason game. After that preseason game is the final cuts on Tuesday, the following Tuesday. So I think what I'm going to try and do is obviously watch that game, see what the injury reports are, and then I'm going to put out a final 53 prediction uh, podcast before Tuesday cuts. So again, I'm recording this on the 20th. Uh, the next game that we have is Friday the 25th. 
against the Chargers. And then Tuesday the 29th is when we have to cut down to 53. Then we get a week off. And then three weeks from now, we got opening game uh, for the Niners, which is September 10th against the Steelers. Are you ready? It's football season. It is. We are so close. We have one preseason game. We have a week off. And in three weeks, we are watching real football. All right. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, share. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your neighbors. Uh, tell your enemies. And as always, go Niners. <laughs>